I'm Kezia, stroke survivor and a member of BIND. And hi, I'm Carrie, a stroke survivor and also a member of BIND. And today we'd like to welcome Denise Chalk, our guest, who is a rehabilitation counselor at Center for Neuroskills with over 30 years experience. So welcome, Denise. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So excited to finally meet you. (laughs) Yes. So just tell us a little bit about you and your experience working with brain injury survivors. Sure. So I'm originally from New Jersey. So I started there after I graduated from NYU. I went to um, the Center for Head Injuries in Edison, New Jersey. I was there for almost a year before I moved to Texas and started at Center for Neuroskills in, gosh, 1989. (laughs) So a really long time. Then I did go back in 03, from 03 to 09, back to New Jersey and um, work there doing community mental health and at a brain injury rehab facility. And then it was time to go back to Texas, so <laughs> I went straight back to CNS. <laughs> and um, so I've been there going on 27 years. Oh, wow. Long wow. time, yeah. yeah that's long a really time. big change, New Jersey to Texas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was a huge change back then. It's so different now. You know, it's grown so much. So there was a bit of a culture shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a bit of an adjustment. That for yeah. sure. Yeah. So why did you end up pursuing your career into like a counseling? Well, that's a really good question because <laughs> actually my undergraduate degree was in psychology and elementary education. I was training to be a teacher. Oh, wow. And my senior year in college, I actually did a semester at sea. So I was on a ship and um, for four months um, taking classes. And um, during that time, my brother, who was 16, he was still at home. He had um, an AVM rupture. And so he basically had a stroke, you know, at the age of 16. So when I came home... I did my student teaching, but immediately after that, it just, I think it, it was just such a huge thing for our family, you know, to deal with that it really impacted me. And I saw that there weren't, back then, this was 1982, so I know I'm really dating myself, but, <laughs> but in, in 1982, they didn't have, um, as many rehabilitation facilities, they really didn't have anything. I mean, they sent my brother home after two back-to-back six-hour surgeries and said, you know, good have a good life, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, so he had to, you know, I just saw how he had to struggle through to graduate from high school. And um, the good news is he ended up going to college and getting a law degree. And, you know, so he's doing really well. Um But I think that just impacted me so much that it just changed my course of my career. So I then um, went back to school and got a graduate degree. And at that time, what really appealed to me was the whole idea of like vocational rehabilitation, Um, helping people to, you know, get their life back and figure out what am I going to do? You know, even though I have a disability, you know, and it was it was a, regarding all different disabilities, you know, helping people. But um, ultimately, I chose neuro probably because of my brother. Yeah. yeah I, I think that that's what impacted me. Yeah, oh my gosh, of course. That's, like, listening to your story for sure. Like, that could definitely change your whole 
course in life right and uh, like you as a sister right and uh, yes yeah wow oh, yeah just seeing him go through that and he's my only brother I have two sisters I'm the middle of three girls and we're all a year apart and then my brother is um came four years after my younger sister so you know just whew. <laughs> yeah it really um, changes things. Yeah, it does. And I think that's what we hear over and over again, that when one person in the family is affected with a brain injury, it really does affect the whole family and changes everyone's life and where they thought things were going to go and what was going to happen. Definitely. Because it's not just the person that survives the brain injury that's affected. It is that's definitely right. a family affair. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um yeah. Yeah. So right now that you were saying like how um, as a you, so you're running for your I'm not running, but you were <laughs> going for your degree on psychology and ki kids. And so now you change it to be more about adults. And like, what's the difference between like a counselor and a normal counselor, like not normal, but a counselor to neuro yeah. skills? Yeah. So so I started my um, I got I'm certified as a rehab counselor. Yes. And then, um, but here in Texas, you're, and so when I worked in New Jersey, I was licensed as a rehabilitation counselor. Moving back to Texas, um, I, they, they don't recognize that. It's licensed professional counselor. So it just meant that I had to take an exam and instead of just doing like 3,400 3, hours of supervision, I think I've done like 7,500 oh, hours wow. between the two licenses. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was a lot. Yeah, when, wow. I, when I was in New Jersey, I studied under a, um, a psychiatrist. I, uh, he was my supervisor. So yeah, just gave me a little bit different, um, you know, background, I guess. Yeah, and I'm sure working, I mean, doing your education with kids helps a lot because even though as Kezia said now you're working with adults as we all know brain injured survivors kind of turn back into children after That's their right. brain injury yeah so you have to kind of have have a different kind of mindset to deal with mm -hmm. big adult children yeah exactly yeah. And just understanding development you know the developmental process yeah it was helpful yeah and like I think uh, also right now that she's like we go back to being kids at some point how do you uh what happens like during while we're in rehabilitation like you work at a um a cns center for neural skills you work there and right now we're supposed to be there like through our like our insurance space we're there at that moment <laughs> so we're there we kind of have to be there um how do you deal with that like what are the huge benefits of being having a rehab um a counselor at that time well Basically, we help people adjust to the changes. And it's like we've been talking about, it's not just the patient, but we work with the families too. And um, so we're just trying to help them kind of navigate the whole system, you know, because we yeah. do more than just, I mean, certainly counseling and supporting them through their journey um, and just being alongside of them and encouraging. Um, we also get to be creative because if there's something that's like blocking them from making progress, um, whether it be their mood, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. it has impacted it or what, you know, whatever it may be. 
um, our job is to kind of help them figure out what's going to keep them moving forward and helping them make progress. And that, you know? that makes sense. And that, that kind of is like one of my big questions I had because I was that patient. I remember, I mean, I was in day neuro. I didn't go to CNS, but I was at a day neuro program, which I liked. And I liked my counselor and I liked going and talk to him, but I didn't think I needed counseling. I was like, I don't, I, you know, I don't really know why I'm here and what I'm supposed to be doing. So right. how do you encourage people like me, those patients that think they don't, need counseling Mm -hmm. to encourage them to get the help they really need that we just don't realize we need it right yeah it's kind of like there's you know um one of the techniques is called motivational interviewing is one (laughs) aspect of like helping them to kind of you know you're not forcing them but you're kind of peeling back the layers so that they can kind of see maybe why it's necessary but the other thing is, it makes me laugh when you say that because I have a, <laughs> I have a patient who said, who at one point was like, "Why am I in the principal's office?" <laughs> yeah, why am I? The, yeah, <laughs> I like, me, the principal, you know. So, um, you know, it's just sometimes people's perception, you know. Yeah. So I don't even really frame it. Well, that's one of the word, first things I usually talk about with my patient is, "Have you ever had counseling?" You know, what's your perception of what counseling is? Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, everybody has a different view of it. And I'm really, I really try to emphasize to them that I'm here for you just to be your advocate. Um, you know, you can kind of use me in any way that, that would be helpful to you. And so I just kind of go alongside them without like pushing it on them, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, at the time when I was in rehabilitation, like I didn't feel like I needed it, but mostly it wasn't because I wasn't like, I wasn't in denial mode mostly cause I was like, I, I can move. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sad right now. I'm also like at the point where I'm like, I kind of know I need to do stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was my, but I also wasn't, I was at the time, there was a lot of people that were really like mad that they were there like this anger mm-hmm. and dealing with that mm-hmm. which maybe I did deal with anger when I was still in Chicago but like once I moved here I was in a different phase um so how do you treat the people that are just like really frustrated angry like just frustrated in the position that they have at that moment mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it goes back to um, just developing the rapport with them and trying to find out what is it that that they enjoy or have enjoyed doing, finding a way to kind of, um, you know, help them know and give them hope and encouragement that there's still a lot of things that you can do. One of my favorite stories that I've used um over the years, even with groups, is there's a guy named W. Mitchell who was severely um, injured. He was burned and was disabled. And then he ended up having a crash in an airplane and he became a, a, a paraplegic on top of what he already had burns and a brain injury and all that. And so, what he, one of the things that he always said was um, even though there's, um, you know, a thousand things I can't do. There's still, you know, 9,000 things that I can do. Right. So really kind of focusing on, um, you know, their strengths and, um, you know, even, even kind of, I think what can be helpful is, um, 
finding someone else, maybe another patient who's a little bit further down the road in their recovery that they can connect with mm-hmm. and that can help them. Because, you know, sometimes from our perspective, even as a therapist, as hard as we try, we may not really be able to, we can empathize, but to be able to fully understand mm-hmm what it's like. And even for, for each survivor, it's different, right? You right. know, so um, just getting creative and thinking, is there someone like down the road, further down the road that can help them that can, they can kind of see that it's going to get better. I've seen that work really well. Yeah, for I, people, you know, I, I agree. We're going to take a quick little minute to remind everyone to go ahead and click that like button, share and go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks for listening. And now I was going to ask what you just said is like something that I always say when I go speak for support groups is like only a brain injured understands another brain injured. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, the speech therapist, the occupational, all the therapists are great at doing what they do, but they really don't understand. And I can see what you're saying the same for a counselor. Mm-hmm. That's one of the benefits of BIND is therapy by doing. We're all here to help each other. We're therapists That's in our right. own right just being here and helping, encouraging everyone. Right. But yeah. one of the things that we wondered kind of as um, as you go through rehab, when insurance decides you're, it's time for you to move on, is there a continuum of care in rehab counseling that you encourage survivors to continue with when they leave? Yeah, so I think... I think one of the things, because I've been doing this so long, I've kind of seen the change over the years, not just in terms of like insurance and what they're willing to pay for, but also just in our knowledge of how the brain can rewire itself, Right. you know, and um, so I always encourage my patients to just remember that just because you're leaving us for whatever reason it is, you know, even if insurance paid and you're, you know, you have to, there's an end point, right? Mm -hmm. That continue to challenge yourself, you know, and hopefully during the course of my work with them, we've, we've already discussed and figured out things that they're going to be doing, you know, um, um, kind of, you know, I was taught that like discharge planning starts on the first day, you know, kind of yeah. because you want to always have that objective and like what, what's the end end goal going to look like. Sure. And so really just helping them to, um, to figure out ways that they're going to be productive and feel, you know, like even if it's not gainful employment, um, a place like Bind where yeah. you're going to be interacting with other people, you're going to be um, challenging yourself, keeping your brain stimulated, you know, just so anything that's going to help in that regard, um, I think is really important for people. Yeah. And I think right now, like, um, I think you said it a little earlier, how like, as a counselor, you're there for brain injury survivors, but also for the families Mm -hmm. for, you know, just, it's not just for one person that was in an accident or whatever it was. Um, so for those people, like as our listeners or whoever is here listening to us, like as some resource in case, like they're leaving uh, rehabilitation centers and now they're maybe they don't have a bind somewhere mm-hmm. near them. Right. What would be a good resource for someone to just continue the um, to continue the effort of being be- getting better? Yeah, I always try to consider that when someone's leaving, you know, what's going to support that patient, what's going to support their family. Um, I know that with, um, I always look for support groups in their area. 
And even we, we see a lot of patients, too, that have had strokes. And there's um, the Stroke Association. You can put in the zip code, and there's a Stroke Finder support group that people can, you know, can join. Um, now, with things being virtual, sure. there's, there's a lot of opportunities in that regard, too, which is helpful. Um, and just things that, like, helping them find respite, you know, yeah. and consider that. How are they going to take care of themselves and what's that going to look like for them, you know, in the future? Yeah. So, um, and it may be just giving them just the ideas of, you know, are you, maybe you're going to need like a weekend with your family or friends, mm. you know, just something to recharge your battery and, yeah. you know, give you some um, some respite so, yeah. for families. Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. I know that um, when everything happened to me, I was like only, I was 27 years old or 28. Honestly, I don't remember, (laughs) guys. Um, But I was, you know, this wouldn't happen to someone within that age. And for my mom, it was like this, like, it it was too much for her to understand at the time, right? But one of the things that she was told is to, like, watch this movie. Um, It was on Netflix. I can't remember the title, so I shouldn't have mentioned it. But, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But um, it was good for her to see it on someone else. You know, mm-hmm. like see it on someone else, and that kind of helped her understand these things. So I, you know, like like I said at the time, maybe a counselor. I, I didn't see it the right way, but for for my mom as a caregiver, mm-hmm. as a mother to to someone that had just had a stroke, like that was so helpful for her, and was able to communicate with like the rest of the family, like, hey, we need to give Hazel, give Kezia patience, like we mm-hmm. need to do this, like. It was really helpful. That's right. Yeah, there's so many good, um, helpful books and videos. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> but one that I loved that I have used a lot with, with patients is um, there's life support music. I don't know if you've heard that. No. Oh, cool. Jason Krigler. It's a wonderful... Um, I remember back when I purchased the DVD and, um, you know, now I don't know how... They do. He does have a TED talk that's wonderful. But and I use those a lot with my oh, patients. Yeah. That's a great way to to inform people and um, and kind of. There's so many um, survivor stories, you know, out there that yeah. give people hope. But that's a really good one too. We were talking about Crash Reel earlier. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. another one, you know. So if you have someone young who is athletic and had a brain injury, that's a good one too. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's a good way. Yeah, I know. I think still probably one of my favorite books that I read and my mom read that did us really good was uh, My Stroke of Insight oh, by yes. Dr. Julie Jill Bolton. Jill Bolton. I was yeah. close. And you it was were. Something, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that was an amazing book. I mean, yes. For parents to kind of look at and take. Definitely. Um, but we also kind of talked about that. But I guess the so key is when you leave rehabilitation, if you. If we're getting something out of counseling and it was working, it's a good idea to keep with counseling. Yeah, find someone that That's maybe what, has the nerve. Yes, aspect. and even and even while someone is um, a patient with us, so what I generally do is I like to see if I can see the patient with their family, if that's, you know, able to happen, we do that. But also sometimes I'll just say to the family too, it'd be helpful for you to get your own counselor outside of, you know, CNS, someone to support you that you can talk to, um, you know, and, and that can help you through this journey. Right. And then, um, definitely with my patients, you know, um, 
that to recommend someone for them ongoing, I think is really important as well. Yeah. So I always try to do that. Hook them up with someone. Yeah. And I know like right now what you're saying, like about your patients and like you've been with CNS for a while now. What would some be like really great success stories as to like who you've been doing? I mean, you've been having great examples and like great (laughs) things. I know. Gosh, there's so many. You know, I have to say, I think that that's probably my favorite part of being a counselor and why I stay so long is because, you know, I have seen such just the people that I have met over the course of my career there has been so incredible. People that I would never have met because they, you know, um, worked in construction, you know, and I just wouldn't, they, we wouldn't have crossed each other's paths probably. Or, um, But I can recall a lady probably oh, going back, I don't know, 15, 20 years maybe, and she literally she couldn't even sit up in her wheelchair she had her head was kind of lying on her shoulder and she was she just you know was young she was in her 30s but she had teenage kids and she just had a lot of different financial struggles and um, just so many things and I'm happy to say that I've kept in touch with her and she now lives on her own you know, she doesn't work, but she does, you know, we had applied years ago for Social Security, and she she lives on that. And just, I think that the thing that's so inspiring is um, she probably herself never imagined that she would be able to live independently, but it just mm-hmm. shows you how um, to stay hopeful and to know that um, recovery um, is possible and is... Th- th- there's always a chance to that things are going to be better. Yeah. You know, and that is kind of one of our recurring themes as we try to tell everyone that there is life after brain injury. So if mm-hmm. you've had one, keep your hope and keep positive because there is life after brain injury. Um, but before we wrap up here, is there a way if any of our listeners would like to contact you or get more information about CNS that they could contact you, like email or just the main website? Or? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I are we our main number. I can give that. Okay, you know, yeah, we'll we'll include all this in our show notes oh, so good. that so that when they watch, yes, they'll have that information absolutely. in the details. Absolutely, though, I'm really open to if somebody wants to contact me. You know, I'll I'll give you my email. You can give them that. Okay, um, be happy to do that to talk with anyone. Well, awesome. Sure. Thank yeah. you so much for joining oh, us, Denise. Um, we thank all of you for listening. And again, like I said, all information will be on the episode's description of our resources. And if you want more information on Bind, um, or you would like to contact us as the hosts, Carrie and Kezia, <laughs> um, you can email us at bindwaves at thebind.org. And again, don't forget to hit the like button, the share button, and the subscribe button. And hit notify if you're on YouTube. I always forget that one. Yeah, well, you can find us on all of your favorite platforms, whether it's Spotify, whatever, whatever. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so until next time. Until next time.